1: Hello, welcome to the Ghost of Harrenhal. My name's Simon. And I'm McKelly. Thank you for joining us for episode 30 of our chapter-by-chapter chapter book review of A Song of Ice and Fire by George R.R. Martin. Today, we'll be discussing chapter 29 of A Game of Thrones, which is Sansa 2.
0: As always, we'll chat about the chapter and try not to spoil any future plot points for you. And hopefully, we'll provide you with some entertainment along
1: the way. We'll summarize what happened, discuss our thoughts on it, provide some useful background, compare it to the TV show, indulge in a little pedantry. Be sure to check out the show notes. They'll provide some extra information in case you need it. We may sound a little bit different. We're social uh, distancing from the microphone. Is that that the right phrase? I think so,
0: yeah. Um, I'm a little concerned about the show notes. Uh, uh, My sister has started listening, my older sister. uh And I was saying she's not reading. She's just listening. Relying. Yes, just relying on us. And I said, are are you using the show notes? Are they helpful? And she said, what are show notes? And I was like, I don't know. So I hope, I hope you guys find the show notes. They're they're there.
1: <laughs> I, I thought you were going to add something to that sentence. I hope you find them useful. Useful, you just find yes. Them. <laughs> Step <laughs> just one, find, find them. them. Step two, <laughs> I hope that they're useful. Uh, All right, well, this is a long chapter, so let's get down to business. Okay. Quick recap of what Sansa was up to last time we saw her. Last time we saw Sansa, um, she'd been celebrating with Ned and Arya, the news that Bran had awoken. And she was uh, annoying Arya by being extremely excited about the forthcoming tawny.
0: Right. And uh, annoying Ned as well. Uh, Yeah. He said, you guys aren't going. And she said, but please. Yeah. I'm going to guess he's going to fold on that, as okay.
1: we'll see in a second. All right, let's, why don't we give them the summary? Let's do it. So the
0: day of the Hand's tourney has finally arrived, and Sansa couldn't be more excited. She travels to the field in a litter with Septimordain and Jane Poole. She's captivated by the spectacle of it all. The knights in their shining armor, the banners whipping in the breeze, and the shouts of the crowd. Every famous knight of the realm is there, along with newly minted knights and unknown hedge knights. Sansa thinks it's even better than in the songs, which means a lot to Sansa. Sansa and Jane sit among the high lords and ladies as the jousting part of the tourney unfolds. Even their own household guard Jory Cassell participates, though Septimordain thinks he looks like a beggar in his unadorned armor. He does represent himself well when the action starts though.
1: Tragedy strikes when Sir Gregor's lance goes high and kills his opponent. The young man dies right in front of the girls. Jane cries hysterically over it and has to be taken away, but Sansa remains in control of her emotions like mm-hmm. a, a noble lady should. Yes. After the last victory of the day, Sir Loras Tyrell picked Sansa out of the crowd and gave her a red rose. When she looked up from admiring it, Peter Baelish was in front of her, though she didn't know him. He said she had her mother's hair and touched her hair and cheek and then walked away. In the end, four nights remained when a halt was called due to the darkness. Sir Loras Tyrell, Sir Jaime Lannister, the Hound, Sandor Clegane, and his big brother, Sir Gregor Clegane.
0: Later at the feast, Joffrey sits with Sansa and is sweet and charming to her all night. Sansa decides she couldn't be mad at him for Lady's death. It was Queen Cersei and Arya's fault. Later into the night, King Robert begins shouting at Cersei insisting he will enter tomorrow's melee, and she can't forbid him to do anything. When Queen Cersei leaves, Joff tells Sandor to game to see Sansa safely back to the Red Keep.
1: On their way, Sandor takes issue with Sansa's fake politeness and her calling him sir. He insists he's not a knight. After making her look at his burned face, he tells her that Gregor did it to him when he was a small child, just because he was playing with one of Gregor's toys. When they arrive at Sansa's room, Sandra says, she tells anyone about their conversation. He'll kill her. and I think he meant it. Yes.
0: <laughs> Certainly don't want to uh, test her luck.
1: On ah, yeah. No. <laughs> but it's interesting. It's interesting that they, they have crossed paths a few times. Yeah. The Hound and Sansa. And uh, each time, I don't know. I don't know if he likes her in some way. I mean, he seems like he's not a very emotional guy, but he seems to emote towards Sansa more than he does towards other people true I mean that seems like a secret that he wouldn't want anyone to know right why is he telling it why is he telling it to this young girl exactly you know? anyway so it's possibly the longest chapter of the book so far a lot goes on but a lot of it is just sort of sort of jousting action which yeah. isn't an awful lot to talk about it's fun to
0: read but... right it, it really is it's, yeah. it's a fun chapter but when preparing for this episode yeah. I was like <laughs> oh boy what are we going to talk about other than about?
1: relating the jousting <laughs> We we, we could run at each other either side of the table, <laughs> reenact. Let's turn this camera on. Anyway. But Sansa loves it; she's overwhelmed by the spectacle of it, especially the way the knights appear.
0: Yep, right off the bat, we're introduced to many of the knights in the tournament. We get uh, a look at Sir Jamie Lannister, Sir Gregor Clegane, Jan Royce, Jason Mallister, Thoros of Myr, six of the phrase, and Lord Walter's bastard son Martin Rivers. Mm-hmm. And just a quick reminder, because you're going to hear these names mentioned, these surnames mentioned throughout, each area of Westeros has a last name given to natural-born children or bastard children. We've got snow, which is obviously in the north. We've got rivers in the riverlands, stone in the vale, sand down in Dorne, Dorne. waters in uh, the crown lands, flowers in the reach. Storm in the Stormlands, Stormlands, yep, Hill in the Westerlands, and Pike uh, on, the on, Iron the, on the Iron Islands, yeah, exactly. So, anyway, when you come across these last names, you'll be able to figure out where they're where they come from.
1: So, Sir Gregor Clegane is huge. I mean, the hound yeah. is huge, but um, Segrego makes Sandor the hound look like Sansa, right? So, <laughs> he must be really enormous. And
0: his nickname is the mountain that rides, <laughs> yes. Which... That, that paints a, a visual, yeah, right yeah, there.
1: yeah. So, um, as we said, there's there's new knights, there's unknown hedge knights trying to make fame and fortune. Yes, there's a
0: there's a particular. He's not a knight, but there's a, a particular entrant into the tourney named Jalabarzo, who scares Jane Poole. Which that that's you were saying. I think it was the last episode or so. How much you liked the name Masha Heddle? Uh huh. I really like this you one, like Jalabar yeah. I just like to say it, Jalabar Zo,
1: So he's an exiled prince from the Summer Islands, which is south of West Ross. Yes,
0: we'll talk a little bit yeah. about the Summer Islands in the background yeah. info.
1: But Jane has a different uh, impression of Beric Dondarrion, yes. who she's willing to marry on the spot.
0: On the spot. Yeah. Which Beric Dundarian you might remember from the last Ned chapter. He arrived in the city just yes. as Ned was riding by. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's
1: the guy. So Ned's Ned's men Jory, Alan, and Harwin also participate. Yeah. Uh, Jory wins a couple of jousts and then loses a tiebreaker yeah. against. Who does he lose to? Forgotten. It was
0: just some. Uh, it was a free rider. Right. That's right. It wasn't yeah. even. I, I was thinking it was a, a hedge knight, but it's not even a hedge knight. He's just a free rider. Right. What's her name? Mordey. Except Mordain referred to him as a beggar knight. I think because uh, Jory. Yes, yeah. Yeah, right. or Jory, not Sir Jory.
1: But, the the, yeah. the Northerners don't go in for the. For the That's fancy right.
0: armor. I'm a little surprised that Ned let them participate at all. Yeah. I mean, Sansa had to beg
1: just to be allowed to go watch. Possibly, there's the whole pride of the North thing. You know, you might <laughs> think you want them to go out there and kick a few butts.
0: <laughs> he so. might have picked a better cast. Maybe. I think the first two went down in there. Well, I think Alan and Harwin went down in their first.
1: Think about tilts. jousting. I guess it's like you know skydiving until you've done it. You know, you know what it's <laughs> going to be like. That's true.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you want to give him a quick overview, like just a quick rundown of how yeah, some of the matches so went? so
1: Jamie Lannister beat Barristan Selmy, who himself had already beaten a couple of people 40 years his junior. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: and it, just four years ago, you remember uh, in the last Ned chapter, Peter Baelish was talking to Ned and he said, um, remember when they were looking out the window yeah, at yeah. Sir Barriston and he said it was just four years ago he won the tournament. So even though he is a
1: more of an advanced stage, He still handles himself pretty well. Yeah. The Hound progresses, beating Renly Baratheon, and uh, the Mountain, needless to say... Uh progresses because it'd be hard to knock him off a horse really it's hard to i imagine <laughs> giving his to... feet a dragging on the floor <laughs> <laughs> he just stands up <laughs> and the last member of the final four is 16 year old sir Loris tyrell the storied knight of flowers right. who won the last major tournament that's beating, right uh, sir jamie in the final
0: yes for joff's name day that's when the that's dagger right.
1: the dagger changed hands exactly yes, yep yes. So uh, Jane Poole keeps covering her eyes when man gets horse, but not Sansa. She no, does. she knows how to sit like a great lady.
0: And, and Septimordain even admired her yeah, I composure. I bet she
1: did. I bet she did.
0: <laughs> yeah, everything's going along well. Um, as It's kind of a magical day for Sansa until Sir Gregor's second joust, uh, wherein his lance rode up and caught a young knight in the throat, killing him.
1: Ooh, nasty. He, yeah. yeah, he goes down ten feet from the girls and dies spitting, coughing up blood.
0: Yeah, they, there's kind of a whole description of it, of the, the blood pouring out. and
1: We'll be right back.
0: Hello, friends. Are you ready to make some unforgettable memories? Well, if so, consider the Marriott Bonvoy program. Discover the perfect destination for your summer getaway and unlock exclusive deals on luxurious accommodations. With our affiliate partnership, you'll enjoy unbeatable savings and a seamless booking experience. Don't let summer slip away. Visit Marriott Bonvoy today and make this vacation season one for the books. Use our Ghosts of Hall affiliate page to check it all out and buy Bonvoy points or give some as a gift. The link to our page is in the show notes.
1: Jane becomes hysterical and has to be taken away by Septimodane, but uh, not Sansa. Not Sansa. No. He's stoic. That's right,
0: no tears. in fact she's she says she sits rather fascinated about it all because she's never seen a man die before.
1: She's channeling her inner aria, yes me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's made of that tougher northern stuff. Yeah. But you know, then her rationale is that the young knight from the veil vale was nothing to her, and I was like, eh. Mm-hmm. She, and maybe, if she
1: knew what we knew. <laughs> she might not think that.
0: She uh, may be struggling a little bit with the whole empathy thing. I guess yeah. you know she is a twelve-year-old, rather self-absorbed twelve-year-old. So yeah,
1: but she she does. Her empathy stretches to the fact he won't, he'll never get mentioned in a song. Yes, now. of that she will be sad. <laughs> yeah. So, so Tyrell has got to the final four by unhorsing three members of the Kingsguard, which is impressive, and drops yeah. Robar Royce in his last match um,
0: with no problem at all. They barely even gave a description of it. Basically, yeah. he just fell off his horse
1: was a lot to get through. I mean, it's like it's like cramming the whole sort of like NCAA basketball tournament into one <laughs> chapter. There was yeah, a lot going on. True. I, I had a whole uh, wall chart filling in names. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: needed something to, uh, to put a bracket around it. Yeah.
1: That's it. You call them brackets here. We, in England, I think we call them wall charts because okay. you do them for the World Cup. You fill in all the results. Oh, right, right, right. Man, I missed those. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ethan was at a uh, he went up and helped one of his friends move some stuff out of his dorm and they stopped at the sports bar in town and ethan said they were sitting there in a sports bar and is a saturday afternoon and all that was on was professional bowling and like a like a mid-80s uh, espn classic <laughs> big east basketball game
1: <laughs> uh, yeah so my my lack of memory is going to be very handy in this sort of like Era of watching re- pre-recorded sports. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's going to win this. I saw it at the time, but I don't remember it now. Uh, so, yes, after the last match, he gives his red rose to Sansa and says... Sir Loras. Sir Loras, yeah. yes. Not, not Ethan. <laughs> right. He'd <laughs> give it to Molly. No victory is half so beautiful as you.
0: Yes. I say. And the love fest, uh, you know, between them is... Is mm-hmm. going both directions because when she first sees him, she thinks he's the most beautiful person she has ever seen. Mm-hmm. So Although, you know, if I were the Knight of Flowers, I wouldn't get too excited because just the last Santa chapter, she thought that Renly was the most handsome man she'd ever seen.
1: That's so, a very good point. But I mean, maybe she's grown it's up a in, different thing. Yes, you know, yes this yes. is the most handsome man I've ever seen. This is the most beautiful person I've ever right. seen. Right? Yeah, it is a whole other level. All of this is like, and and there's Joffrey too. <laughs> right. Know.
0: You know, she is from Winterfell. You know, maybe she hasn't really gotten out and seen yeah, the world. I mean, Every new person she meets, everyone
1: is stunted by frostbite <laughs> up there. Yeah. You know. So her reverie is interrupted by Peter Littlefinger Baelish, um, suddenly standing in front of her. Yeah, and he obviously, obviously, I mean, he he has his own spies and things, but this is the first time he's laid eyes on her, I guess. Yeah, uh, at least come up and talk to her. Yeah. And he says, you must be one of her daughters. Yeah, never saying who
0: her is, but yeah. I think we can figure out who that is.
1: Well, if he's correct, he means Sansa's mother. Yes. <laughs> if he's wrong, <laughs> who knows what he's talking about? Could be any <laughs> random woman.
0: Yeah, he follows that up with, your mother was my queen of beauty once. Uh-huh. A little bit awkward. Well, the whole thing's a little awkward, especially the next move. That gets a little worse on uh, creepy here. Yeah. So he finishes... Touches her hair and cheek and says, you have your mother's hair, and then just walks off.
1: Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> so, um, she's watching this with Mordane and Jane, although they've now scarpered, but um, because Ned's not there, because he, yes. true to his word, said, I'm not going to watch that thing, and he stayed away. So, he's sending he didn't a message. He not show his
0: face. Yeah.
1: Or... His hand.
0: Oh, Very good. (laughs) Uh,
1: And I guess he would argue that he's busy running the realm while everyone else is watching this uh, unnecessary waste of money. (laughs) Right. Someone's got to hold down the fort. So after the day's jousting, there's a feast, and uh, Joffrey sits next to Sansa. I'm going to go out on a limb here. He did not like the whole rose thing, (laughs) and he's like, I better get back in her good books. Yeah, you know,
0: she says they haven't spoken since all the trouble went down in Derry where... Yeah, the lady was killed. Lady, yes. So, yeah, it is coincidence that right after the most beautiful man she's ever seen gives mm. her a rose.
1: Who's a couple of years older than uh, yes, Joffrey as did, well. Yeah, right. So, yeah, she, she's forgiven him. And she put all the blame on Cersei and Arya. She's... Nothing
0: bad would have happened except for Arya, she thought.
1: <sighs> yeah.
0: Who had some revisionist history <laughs> that only a 12-year-old in love could uh,
1: work up there? Yeah. And then she thinks Joff is too beautiful to hate. She's she bandies that around, doesn't yeah, she? Yes, she does. So he, she's scared that he's going to ignore her or be hateful towards her. But he actually, if you remember on the, the on their date in the Riverlands, he was actually charming then too. Yes,
0: right. He sang he, to her and he, turns it on again. Yes, he does. Turns on. Uh, I believe she refers to it as he was the soul of courtesy. Wow. So yeah, and they they talk a bit about the the tournament. And I think Sansa asks him if if Joff thinks that Sir Loris is going to win the tournament. And he says, oh, no, my Uncle Jamie will do for him or maybe my dog. And when I'm old enough, I'll do for all of
1: them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> A little bit of bragging there. I yeah.
1: I mean, the one thing is if you're the prince of the realm and she's your preordained wife, you don't really have to woo her or That's win true. her. You know, you don't have to woo or win anyone. You've right. won. You know, you're gonna get what you get. Yeah, yeah,
0: yes. And then he starts plying not just her with wine, but also uh, Septimordain with wine. And that that's one way to, uh, you know, get rid of the uh, chaperone is just get her drunk, <laughs> drink her under
1: the table. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. But of course, Sansa says that she's drunk on the magic of the night. Ah, she doesn't course. even yeah. need the wine. Yeah. He also Mag- feed... Magic of the
1: night being the name of the red wine she's drinking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's right up there with Arbored Gold as the best wine. He even feeds her. Uh,
1: he, uh, I think it's some uh, snails or something. I think he, I'm coming feeds... down with something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then the feast is interrupted when the king suddenly starts shouting at the queen. Yes. And, uh, hey, as
0: he... Sansa says, as drunk as a man could be. And this is Robert, so that's got to be pretty drunk.
1: Yeah, although... I'm going to guess she hasn't seen Robert in all his spectrum of drunkenness. Yeah, that's true. true. (laughs) I'm sure he's got more in him. (laughs) Or potentially. Um, He says that she's not to tell him what to do. Uh, Robert says Cersei is not telling him what to do. He's king and if he wants to fight in the melee, he will. Yeah. The so, melee, yeah, it's a huge battle, a huge free-for-all battle with forty-ish men. Last man standing wins, right? Which
0: sounds like a terrible idea
1: for the king to
0: enter into it in the first yeah.
1: place. So, although we, we in the next chapter we'll have a discussion about the what will actually happen yes. when he goes into that melee, yeah.
0: he's not exactly been following the uh, Barristan Selmy workout routine. <laughs> <laughs> Barristan Selmy's like twenty years older than him and, and in significantly better shape.
1: So, yeah, and we we talked about. The, in fact, I think maybe once or twice in the last couple of chapters that um, Maekor Targaryen accidentally killed his brother in a melee.
0: Right. So accidents, deaths uh, can happen. Yeah, yeah. But who's gonna hit the king in right. a melee?
1: You yeah. know. So, so Cersei storms off. Her face a bloodless mask. Yes. And uh, Jaime goes to
0: put. He puts his hand on uh, the king. Tries to calm him down, and he, the king Robert, shoves Jaime to the ground and.
1: Kind of mocks him and things get a little chaotic, I guess. So Joffrey obviously, I think, wants to leave and go. Be with his mother at this point, yes. so he asks. Although he doesn't make that clear, he asks answer if she needs an escort back to the Red Keep. Yes. She sees that Septa Mordane is face down in her wine and says, thinking that she's going to walk back to the Red Keep right. with the prince. She says, "Oh yes, that would be lovely." And Geoffrey uh, calls for the Hound yeah, to take her and she's back. Yeah, like, i <laughs> not what I wanted. Oh,
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'll, I'll get an Uber. No worries. <laughs> Yeah, so he bolts. Joffrey bolts and leaves. Yeah. Sansa Which, was, Sandor. you know what?
1: I mean, it's a little bit, it's a little bit bad of him. But at the same time, he's obviously upset for his mother. I guess. Right. I'm going to forgive him. He's, yeah, he's a young yeah. boy on that one. Of all the
0: things he's done, this is like the
1: least offensive. Yeah, true enough. So,
0: yeah. But the Hound finds it quite funny that Sansa thought it was going to be Joff. <laughs> he can he can tell the, in her disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> so he laughs at her, and then he says. Her, he tells her to hurry up and says, I may need to kill my brother tomorrow. so
1: No, no time for this kind of thing. Yeah. As,
0: we'll, as we'll find out in a few minutes, there is no love loss between the two in there.
1: No. So Sansa's terrified of his burn face, but she's too courtesy, courteous to comment on it. And she calls him Sir Sandor.
0: And says he's rode gallantly today, yeah, yes. which... He does not take well to both the um, what he deems to be fake praise and also referring to him as sir because he uh, has a hatred of knighthood. He believes it to be
1: hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Says that she's a pretty little talking bird who repeats pretty little words that yeah. she's heard. So then um, he tells her that Gregor killing the young knight wasn't an accident. The knight didn't have a squire to properly fit his armor. Yep, And the gorget... Which covers the throat, wasn't fastened properly, and so he thinks that Gregor didn't fail to notice it and actually yeah. said Gregor's lance goes where Gregor wants it to go. And right. That uh, that's quite
0: the accusation from one yeah. brother to another. But of
1: course, I mean it could just be that, that Gregor is a psycho who yes. when he sees the opportunity to kill someone takes it rather than doesn't take it. Yes. Because he's a psycho.
0: As we learn in their very next thing they talk about, he's definitely got some temper issues in Yeah. Possibly is a sociopath. Yeah. So,
1: so Sandor the Hound <laughs> yes. tells Sansa of how he came to have a burned face at yeah. the hands of Gregor the yeah. Mountain.
0: He think he says that most people think it's just a battle scar. He said one idiot asked if it was dragon's fire, but really, there's a, a story. Yeah. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Audible. To get a free audiobook or two, if you're an Amazon Prime member. Go to our exclusive URL, audibletrial.com slash You can find the link in our show notes.
1: So when Sander was six or seven, um, the woodcarver from the village sent gifts to the boys. Sander liked the toy knight that Gregor was given. Gregor was five years old and didn't care about the toy, but Sander took it and played with it, and Gregor found out. Oops. He picked him up and shoved his face into burning coals and held it there until he was dragged away. Yes, he
0: said three men. It took three adult men to pull him off. He mentions that Sandor would have been, what, like 11 or 12 at the time? And that he was already Eight, six, six foot feet, tall yeah. and uh, built, as strong as an ox, I think, is what it was. So, yeah. And then, of course, his dad covered for Gregor and said that uh, Sandor's bedding caught on fire. Yeah. So, And then he... He mentions that, Sandor mentions that they treated the burn with ointments, and then he says, and four years later, Gregor got his ointment when he was knighted by Rhaegar Targaryen, and so began his hatred of oh, knights. that's where it stems from. Yes. Uh, this
1: is we were, I think yeah. we started this yeah. episode. Yeah, well, why is he telling her all this? Right. It's just a, it's a strange family secret, which he clearly is embarrassed about. Yeah. He doesn't want people to know generally, but he's volunteering it. I mean, maybe... Yeah. Maybe he's been drinking at the feast too. Maybe he
0: wants someone to know how yeah. terrible a person Gregor
1: is. Yeah, and I <laughs> yeah. think I think something about Sansa just sort of like yeah breaks through his his layers. Maybe I don't quite know what it is. Right.
0: Yeah. It's not Arya. You could see Arya's got that unassuming. You know, she can get along with people. She, you could see her as really relatable. Sansa doesn't come across, especially for someone like Sandor, doesn't come across that way. So, but it might just be because she's pretty. <laughs> it could be he yeah. finds her fetching that. Yes.
1: But it definitely humanizes him. At the same time, yeah, yeah, the yeah. opposite to Grego. right?
0: And she's she's thinking as as the story's ending, she's no longer afraid of him. She's now more afraid for him. Right. So, yeah, I think that humanized him a bit. The she, he opened up and told her a personal story mm-hmm. and um, she puts her hand on his shoulder and says, he was no true knight, which then cracks yes. the hound up. He roars with laughter.
1: Yes, it wasn't exactly the answer, the, the right thing to say, but you'll learn. <laughs> so when Sansa gets to her chamber, Sansa tells her to keep quiet about what they've talked about. She says she will. Yes. Then that's not enough. For not him, enough no. for him. He nope, says, nope. "If you don't, I'll kill you." Yeah, there goes
0: that whole humanizing <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. So
1: that I think you suggested this that he was embarrassed to have shared that story. Yeah, and you now know. Wants to suppress it.
0: He was probably, you know, they that was when they were still at the tournament grounds and then they had to ride in the, you know, a carriage over to the red keep and he was probably thinking, "Why did I just do that?" <laughs> and I I have to say, any oversharer you're laughing because you knew where I was going with this any oversharer knows that guilt yes um, McKelly is the
1: most oversharing person I've ever known I think what about
0: that lady at Harris Teeter she was pretty oversharing too which one the, 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 the wine the wine lady yes <laughs> that's right
1: because her, you met her husband later and yeah, you described right. her but as I, an oversharer I forgot all that yeah So at the local grocery store, there was a lady who gave out free wine samples and I used to hang out with her quite often because when I go to the grocery store, they're giving out free wine, I'll be there. And I knew this woman's life story just from like two or three times meeting her. And then one time I went and there was a guy giving out the free wine and it was her husband and... I knew so much about his life. He was like, he was kind of mortified, but he also didn't even have to ask where I'd got it all from. (laughs) I was like, how's your dog? He was like, oh, God.
0: yes. Yes, I too suffer from oversharing. In fact, there's a chair that I often sit in at lunch.
1: Which yes, which does appear to have the magic when you're not there. Which isn't that often. The person who sits in the chair tends to overshare. To
0: see, it's not just me. Yeah. it's the chair. <laughs> I,
1: I don't know though. I think I think what's happened is it's your there's, there's cause and effects effect mix up here. You're an oversharer who sits in that chair. <laughs> when you're not at lunch, whoever sits in that chair feels that there's a sort of a void <laughs> That's true. and feels they need to fill it. There's a they,
0: sharing void. Exactly. <laughs> I think uh, Hestia and I were talking about this on Twitter. And I said that, uh, fortunately, I have the ability to edit on this podcast. So I have the time to think, oh, boy, I probably shouldn't have shared that information. And I can actually remove it from the conversation.
1: You know what people are listening now are thinking, this is the edited version? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What gets cut out? (laughs) Oh, if you only knew. So some background information. Yeah. they mentioned the summer isle, isles where Jalabar Joe is from. Yes. Um, there are more than 50 islands. They're quite far south of Dawn, so they are sort of probably sub equatorial, I would guess, although I don't know. Yeah. Um, the occupants have dark skin, they have their own gods and history. Jalabar is an exiled prince. Yep. Um, it's not quite clear what he's exiled for, but the reason he's in King's Landing is to convince Robert to help him regain his lands. Mm-hmm. And Robert, being sort of uh, sort of bored with life as a king of a stable realm, right. is quite quite interested in the idea of <laughs> flying off and uh, <laughs> ki- killing people for no real reason. Yes, we, we'll talk more about them later. I don't think it's worth it at this point.
0: Yeah, there's there's a, they have a. There's a decent amount of history on the Summer Isles. As things come up, we'll
1: pepper in more info about it. Thoros of Mia gets mentioned as a red priest. Um, This makes him an adherent of the red god. R'hllor. yeah.
0: In the audiobook, I think they say Okay.
1: Up to now, we've only really known the two competing religions of Westeros, basically the faith of the Seven and the older faith of the Children of the Forest and the First Men, i.e. the old gods. Right. Um, The red god or lord of light that Thoros is a priest of is far more prevalent in Essos. Yep. Uh, the way we'll see it, it's easy to think of it as a fringe group because there aren't many. There are so few adherents in Westeros, but in Essos, its temples are in just about every city, and its main temple in Volantis is said to be three times the size of the Sept of Baelor. That's big. That is a big. Yep. that is a big church. Probably the biggest church on earth on the, on the <laughs> planet. You know? Yeah. So um, it's a serious religion. It's not a fringe group at all. It's just fringe in Westeros. Exactly. The primary tenants are a battle between the Lord of Light and some nameless great other, um, occasionally referred to as the God of Ice and Death, which has got a As you're listening to that, you must be thinking, wow, that sounds a little bit like what's coming from the north. Right, right, right. So I wonder if this religion might find more adherence in Westeros as the winter closes in, Uh especially if what uh, we think is happening north of the Wall is happening. Yeah, good point. The priests of Relor tell of the return of the ancient hero Azor Ahai in an ultimate battle with the Great Other. The Esossi legend of Azor Ahai, I'll save for another time, but it is very reminiscent of the Westerosi legend of the last hero, who we've talked about previously right. it's almost the same story in yeah, fact yeah. Um, the priests can be male or female they're taught to read fire they spend a long time sort of looking and seeing beyond the flames into the sort of messages that can be read in fires they wear loose red robes the followers pray to Relor before fires often for protection against the darkness as a whole death is considered to be a passing of the fire of life from this realm to sit beside the lord in the hall of light All right. Thoros himself came to King's Landing to convert Eris Targaryen, but failed. Yeah, that didn't work. Yeah. He was in King's Landing during the sack of the city at the end of Robert's Rebellion. He became a friend and drinking partner to Robert.
0: Yeah. yeah. That, I'm sure that, that that sounds about right. Yeah,
1: well, yeah. if you're a friend to Robert, you're probably <laughs> right. a drinking partner. Ned is the one counterexample. Yes. Uh, echoing Azor Ahai, he too fights with a burning sword. Right. Uh, Azor Ahai had yeah. a burning sword. Yes. That's Thoros' uh, emblem. Yeah. So, yeah, um, interesting. It's interesting that Westeros and Essos are kind of equal in terms of their sort of military strength and sort of technology. Right. The difference is not very great. I think some things, Essos look, looks a little bit ahead. Yeah. And certainly in the past, that was true. In the yes. early days, like when the Roinar came to Westeros, they were considerably advanced compared to the,
0: uh, the it's definitely an older civilization in yeah. sense.
1: but now they're kind of balanced and so it's well i mean i'm thinking about the sort of like the way christianity was able to get into asia and into africa there was a sort of imbalance of power the, the christians were coming from the more technologically advanced civilization right. yeah and so it's easier to impose your religion or to get people to believe your religion if they see you having powers right. above them.
0: Sure, I get that.
1: Here, the SOC and the Westerosi are fairly balanced. So it'd be hard to come in and say, oh, mine is the right religion. Right, yeah. Let me show you because I got red robes. <laughs> <laughs> Check these out. Look, watch what I can do with fire. <laughs> yeah, I can look into it and tell you stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, like I said, there are, Obviously, part of the tenets of this religion go to the current situation. There is this other threat coming from the north. Let's call them the others. Possibly call them the others. <laughs> yes, and then uh, that—that's what Rhaellor is supposed to be fighting against. Yeah. So we shall see. It's cool stuff. So, comparison with the TV show, quite a few changes here. In the show, there's no room for Jane. She's not there. Sansa is actually sitting with Arya and oh. Septa Day. Peter Bellish in, introduces himself and chats for quite a while. He tells Sansa the name of the knight of the Vale who dies, uh, oh, the okay. Hound of the Mountain. So in the TV show, we know who that is already. I think astute listeners have probably already guessed who it is. <laughs> he then, Peter then, relates the story of the Hound and the Mountain. Uh, you he know, tells her that. I just,
0: I, I don't get why. Why make that change? The, the Hound telling Sansa creates a little bit of a bond between the two of them. Yeah.
1: I, I think partly is because if you think about the scene with Peter and Sansa, I think they wanted to develop their relationship okay. a little bit more in the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Because that obviously those are both relationships that are going to matter. Right. Sansa's relationship with Peter and with the Hound. And I think that one needed a bit more of a boost than just the creepy stroking her hair. <laughs> that and <she>. was creepy. <laughs> uh, there's no feast... So there's no detente with Joffrey. In uh-huh. fact, he shoots Sansa a poisonous look at one point during the day, which okay. she sees. And mm. yeah, and there's no frosty scene between Robert and Cersei over his decision to fight in the melee.
0: Was there the scene with the with the rose?
1: The rose was there. Okay. He did hand her the rose. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, Joffrey did not do what he did in the book, which is right. come back from that and say, well. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry for being what I've been like for the yeah, last... Beautiful too, right? Remember? <laughs> yeah.
0: And look, I've got a little crown on my head. Yes, he doesn't have
1: that. <laughs> pedantry corner, I couldn't find much here, but Sansa is wrong to forgive Joffrey. Yes. That's, yes I she is. That's, just, that's just an argument with the sort of creative decision of the book rather than sort of pedantry, but yeah. she's totally wrong. And Arya didn't do anything wrong. No.
0: she. I guess she needs to take put the blame on someone and she doesn't mm. want to put it on joffrey yeah. that that would ruin her storybook yeah. uh ending that she is working for that whole storybook life that she wants if it turned out her betrothed crown prince turned out to
1: be um a turd for <laughs> <her>. <laughs> so um so news and notes i think possibly we're going to put an end to the episode bonanza after this week well it sort yeah. of depends yeah. coronavirus is making us uh uh, sort of go both ways on this. On the one hand, we want to spend less time together <laughs> so we don't fe- infect each other. Right, right. On the other hand, it may free up some free time for us to stay on top of this, but yes. we shall see. It, yeah. It's got rid of my soccer. <laughs> I, mean, I, have, I have no coaching and no playing well, there soccer. There
0: you go. So. There's, that's, more, that's more time right there. Yeah, it definitely is.
1: But, well, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll tell them in the next episode. Right. Which we're recording in like five minutes. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. See if we've come up with a decision by then.
0: That's that's the one thing about these uh, episode bonanzas. We have to record them so close we, together. Doofers. <laughs> yeah.
1: So in conclusion for this episode, uh, lots of action, not an awful lot of substance. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. But there are some interesting relationships forming there. I mean, not not much between Peter and Sansa, but they do meet for the first time. Yeah. Between Sansa and Sandor.
0: Yeah, that's... Those are, like you the said... weird one. Yeah. <laughs> but those are definitely two influential people. One is the protector of her betrothed, and the other is an important member of the small council and someone who is supposedly helping his dad, her her dad, and knows her mom, so... Yeah and uh, a lot of connections there
1: sansa with joffrey that relationship develops again but perhaps sansa with serloras i mean we've talked before about how the handing out of a flower at a tournament can change the realm it sure can that's right yes. and he was giving out Just roses and aside that was Rhaegar giving his rose to yes uh, Lyanna Lyanna, stark which yes
0: which but, ultimately led to robert's rebellion, rebellion and yeah. <laughs> Tens of thousands of uh, deaths. Yeah. Um, Go on, sorry. I was just going to say that Sir Loris was giving out roses after every match, but he was giving out white roses. He gave Sansa the only red rose that he uh-huh. had, so
1: Ooh, special treatment. Yeah. I don't so know. it'd be interesting. I mean, she obviously thinks he's beautiful. Maybe another relationship that could grow. Yeah. And uh, Septa Mordane and the red wine that looked like <laughs> <laughs> looked like a good relationship going. Yeah. Kind of.
0: Yeah, she was uh, laughing and spilling her drink all over the place. And she was having quite the time. But then we get back to why does the Hound even tell Santa this story? Yeah. You know
1: that's and, the then, and then it is weird in the TV show that Peter Baelish tells it. Yeah. Like just revealing something about the Hound to her like she would care. Right. Why would she care? At this point, yeah. she'd have no reason to care. And it certainly suggests what a monster Gregor Clegane is.
0: I'm a little bit terrified of him yeah well i I don't think you uh, are wrong there he's a pretty
1: scary guy anyway um as always you can reach us at ghost.harrenhall at gmail.com follow us on twitter at ghost facebook instagram youtube yeah all of our and the the one we're not on
0: (laughs) (laughs) and you know if you if you wouldn't mind if you like what we're doing if you would please consider leaving us a review on itunes that would really be helpful Anything else? No, that's all. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye.